You're watching the Mondays with Midja podcast. Midja is founder and CEO of Legal Leadership, a company specialising in the leadership training and coaching of lawyers. Get set to jumpstart your week with a shot of mojo as Midja and her guests talk all things life, love and leadership. Hey, it's Monday and I'm Midja and welcome to the podcast all about life, love and leadership. And today I have Adele Anthony who is the founder and director of Your Legacy Lawyer joining me in the studio. So a big welcome Adele. Thank you Midja for having me. Great to have you here and um, tell me something Adele, something about yourself that I wouldn't find out by Googling you, something that's not online. I think if you were to Google me, you may not find out that I have three adult children, um, 32 up to 40. I have two stepdaughters, 18 and 20. I have six grandchildren. Oh, my goodness. Ranging from three months up to 18 years. Oh, boy. I don't think you'd find that on Google. You might see a little bit of it on Facebook and Instagram, but not Google. Yes. No, no I didn't. And so tell me about the experience of um, being a grandparent. I'm looking forward to it. It's absolutely the best and I think you actually love your grandchildren even more than your children. And I think that's because when you're raising children, it's it's hard work. Mm. But when you have grandchildren, you get all the good stuff. (laughs) So I'm on Nana duty for the next couple of weeks while my daughter is doing a course Yes. So it means getting them off to kindy and school mm-hmm. and then getting back home and starting work. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, it, it's it's lovely to have grandchildren. Yeah. I spent a little bit of time yesterday with my little three-month-old Ollie. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, he's just gorgeous. That's so cute. I can't cute. wait for that. Well, my children are, are listening. I can wait a little while. Okay, I've got teenagers. I can wait a little while. But, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, so Adele, tell us a little bit about, well, firstly your practice now. So tell us about your law firm now and maybe the decision around opening your own firm and, and the why behind that. Okay, so I, I have been in the legal industry for a long time. I started back in 1982 uh, as a paralegal. Um, more recently, in recent times, I've um, set up Your Legacy Lawyer Um, I was working as an associate lawyer in a firm in Toowoomba and COVID-19 came to town and we all went home at that that initial stage. Um, So I was working from home and it just happened to be that the College of Law were doing for the very, very first time their practice management course totally online. Mm -hmm. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to do that while I'm I'm home. And then when the time came back, um, time to came back to go back to work, I thought, no, I, I like working from home. I like working my own hours. Mm-hmm. I like seeing as many or as little clients as I want. So I thought, no, I'm going to go out on my own. And so your legacy lawyer was born. Uh, I got my principal practicing certificate on the 1st of September 2020. And I started seeing my first clients December 2020. So wow. December of this year, we're going to be two years old. Um, so, yeah, and we, we've niched. We are estate planning and there's a team of two, myself and, and another lawyer, Louisa, who I'm, you know, teaching her the ropes as mm-hmm. well. And so 
what's the la- last couple of years been like? And, and for you, because um, I know you have a background in, in business as well. So tell us a little bit about that and maybe how that's helped the transition into your own law firm. All right, so I have run businesses before right from the ground up. So I opened a ladies-only health club called Fernwood. It's a franchise. I opened that in Toowoomba back in 2001, and that was a very, very successful business. And we only sold it because someone offered us an amazing amount um, because they wanted to take over that business. So then we moved to the coast, and I opened a Healthy Habits in Tweed City Shopping Centre, which is a, a fast food but healthy food. Um, I hated that as soon as I started. <laughs> I'm just not the one for cleaning in a kitchen, cutting, slicing, those sorts so of things. So you were quite hands-on in that business? I was very yes. hands-on. You have to be in that type of business because the profit margins are really, really tight. Mm-hmm. So the owners have to work in that. So I didn't like that at all. So I decided to go back to uni and I went back to Griffith Uni on the Gold Coast and got a Bachelor of Laws and a Bachelor of Business majoring in marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, so I've got the business background and from opening up a business from nothing. So nothing right. and up. And, and I think that helped me this time because I, I, can, I can read a profit and loss. I can set up a business plan. I can write a marketing plan. I can mm-hmm. do all those sorts of things. Um, and knowing how to hire and how to fire and yeah, it, it, it sort of made it a little bit easier. Although law business is very, very different to running a, a ladies-only health club and a food franchise, mm. but it definitely helped me and I think that's why we're still around, you know, 18 months later. Yes, because if you look at, you know, some of the, um, the stats coming from like legal counsel around uh, just make up of law firms and certainly we're seeing a huge amount of solo practitioners, micro firms across Australia coming on, you know, in the last sort of few years that may be COVID related as well possibly or just, I don't know, decisions around lifestyle similar to yours, I'm not sure, but... Um, we're certainly seeing a large increase, the largest kind of increase that we've seen in a long time of lawyers deciding to hang up their own shingle. Have you noticed it's women? A lot of women. A lot of women are going out on their own because the traditional law model doesn't work for most women Mm -hmm. that have children, um, a family. They want a lifestyle as well as working. They don't want to be you know, doing the long hours. Um, they don't want to charge in six-minute increments. They they want to do something a bit differently, mm-hmm. and that was for me. I've seen the six-minute increment, you know, and you're charging clients and they get the big surprise at the end, and I wanted to do something different, and I thought the fixed-fee model was the way to go, mm-hmm. and clients have been so happy with that. I also don't work Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, mm-hmm. so I can see my clients when they need to see me, whether that's in the evening, whether it's on the weekend, mm-hmm. and that really works for me as well. Yes, that being able to make those choices and have that sort of ownership over um, yeah, when you work, when you don't. Certainly for me it was a huge decision around you know starting my own leadership practice as well is, um, yeah, I wanted 
decision making over the, my clients, you know, who I worked with, who I didn't, and that that timing as well. I, I probably work just as hard, if not harder, um, but it's kind of on my terms. And I don't mind like weekend work and a lot of conferences, of course, I do weekend work and travel and all of that. But I don't know, it feels different when I'm deciding to do it. It's like what you said on your own terms and that's what I'm doing and I probably do as well. Yes. Work harder yes. than what I did in a law firm mm-hmm. but it's on my terms. It's in the hours that I want. I pick mm-hmm. the clients that I want to work with. I, yes. I don't need to take on every client. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take on the ones that value what I can offer them mm-hmm. and that works for me. Um, so lessons learnt over the last couple of years then? Of, of running the firm? I think my biggest lesson was in hiring. Um, I think I jumped a little bit too soon because I saw this shiny golden object. Yes. Um, and I thought, yay, come in. And that didn't work out so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have done a little bit more due diligence, but I was so blinded by that shiny light. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, it didn't turn out well, but... We move forward and that's lesson learned and I think that's the probably the biggest lesson that, um, that's come in the last couple of years. Um, don't go for the shiny object. Yes, yeah. And particularly I think when, you know, you're, you're growing the firm and you've got, you know, that small team, the hiring decisions are pretty important. It's, it's really important and there's a lack at the moment of lawyers, um, mm-hmm. more senior lawyers, um, and any law firm will tell you that, especially family lawyers as well, because I wanted to bring a little bit of the family law mm-hmm. into the business um, because I don't have time to do it. Um, but And again, that was another shiny ball that I saw, you know, going out of my lane, deviating into another practice area. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it blinded me, and yes, yeah, so I've, I'm going back to basics now, my my business plan, and I'm not deviating from that. Um, so I think that's the biggest lesson learned. But because of the lack of lawyers, it was like, yay, they came to me, I'll take them in. Yes. And yeah, lesson learned, and also when you start seeing some signs, like act on it mm-hmm. and not think it's going to get better. Yes, and start to take ownership because it's it's your business, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I think I let a few signs slip. Yeah, absolutely, and I think a lot of business owners and leaders can probably um, really relate to that. Is that sometimes we see certain things or certain behaviours or you know orange or red flags kind of going up and. Sometimes we sort of cross our fingers and hope that things will improve or get better or we'll be a little bit subtle with the feedback or whatever it might be. Uh, often doesn't work. Doesn't work. <laughs> um, and I was subtle with the feedback. And in the end, um, I, you know, I should have done something, but I was worried that if that person left, then I would be, I'd end up with loads of work, which I did when she finally left. Mm-hmm. But I think... I also felt a sense of relief when she was gone. Yes, yeah. 
there was yeah it was so much relief mm. and um yeah so i've just gone back to basics um, i have another young lawyer working with me and she works in the office mainly with me um also mm-hmm. works a bit at home um but she's a totally different kettle of fish yes yeah and i like the point you also made around um staying in your lane so you know tell us a little bit about that i know certainly for me in business it's something i struggle with um so some advice around that i think that's it stay in your lane i wanted mm. to niche mm-hmm. so that i knew a lot about a little area mm-hmm. but because i've practiced in family law and i know it's quite a lucrative area of yes. practice um, and I didn't want to practice in it. I wanted to stick to what you know I've studied in. I thought, oh, here's a lawyer. She's done family law. Shiny object, flash, flash, flash. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, stay in your own lane. If that's your business plan, was to niche. Yes. Stay there. You can't be everything to everyone. I, you know, otherwise I would be tempted to take in conveyancing and you know everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, because I ha- I was a general practitioner when I first started for many years. Mm-hmm. So stay in your own lane. Do what you want to do and do it great. Yes. Good advice. Um, yeah. And I know for me, just in in opportunities and, and clients and things like that, I see big shiny objects and I kind of like doing a lot of different things. Um, but I think from a business perspective, um, yeah, I could be – that's a good lesson for me to stick more on my own lane as well and become known and become great at that. Exactly. Mm. Own that space. I'm owning that space and I'm not going to deviate anymore. Yeah. That was a, that was a hard lesson. Yeah, absolutely. So so why the law then from, you know, from, from business into, into studying law and, and wanting to – Practice as a lawyer? I think, I mean, I started, my first job pretty much when I was young was as a paralegal. Okay. And I did that for about 25 years. Right, okay. Whilst I had my children and everything. So I was a legal clerk, etc., etc. So I worked in many, many firms from your small suburban firm mm-hmm. to, to big, big ones in Collins Street. Um, and I always wanted to be the bride and not the bridesmaid because I felt that... <laughs> The lawyers got a lot of credit for what I was doing. Yes. And I always wanted that office, that you know, that, that office. Yes. And back when, back in 1982, it was mainly males. Mm-hmm. There were very, very few women lawyers, let alone partners. And yes. I think I was working for a big law firm in Collins Street and there was a female partner that I was working under. And I thought, I want to be her one day. Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be the secretary. Yes. I want to be the boss. Yep. So so you had that taste for the law. I had that taste for the, the law profession. and I mm-hmm. understood the profession. And then I decided, you know, I, a little bit later down the track, I met Lisa Curry-Kenny oh, yes. um, because I was a member at one of the clubs and oh, I want what she's got. Yes. So I came up to Queensland and I set up um, a Fernwood in Toowoomba and that was, you know, it was very successful um, but I always loved the law and there was something missing okay. in the two businesses that I had because I love, um, I don't know, I think, is it solving problems, you mm-hmm. know, 
I wanted to do that again, so that's why I went back to uni and and um, did that. I don't like working for employers too much, mm-hmm. um, especially if I don't think that they're looking after their clients as well as they yes. could be. My business is very client-centred. Everything I do is all around the client. Mm-hmm. Happy client, happy me. Um, and I, I didn't like the way some things were, were done in the traditional model mm-hmm. plus the old style of um, law firm owners, the way they treat their staff mm-hmm. was something that I didn't really appreciate either. So mm-hmm. always knew I was going to go out and be the boss. Yes, and I, I, I often hear that from people. You know, there's um, a number of people, you know, in our in our circle as well, professionally. That um, yeah, really that that business owner and, and wanting to really own that space is important for them. And then certainly, I have um, other clients and other coaching clients who are lawyers in in big law, and. Yeah, they look at people opening law firms and go, why on earth would you do it? You know, there's such a, just different, right? Just like different values, different way of wanting to work. Um, so I love hearing people's different stories around that. And I also like that and um, I see many people on LinkedIn and, and so forth who have started out as paralegals or, you know, admin within within a law firm and got a real feel for what it's actually like to practice law and then decided to study, which I think is a nice pathway for people as well. Yeah, it was a great pathway. I mean, back mm-hmm. when I was a paralegal, I, at that time I was having children and and um, there, there was no possibility for me to go mm-hmm. uh, to uni. But once my youngest had started uni, and she was also doing law and commerce at okay. Queensland University, and I thought, I want to do it too. It's the time now. So I actually started the year after she started. Oh, wow. So, um, and That's she's now cool. an accountant. She went down the, the accounting Accounty side way. rather mm-hmm. than the law side, which was a little bit of a bummer because I thought eventually she could come and work for me. Yes. But no, she's decided to go the other way. Yes, okay. Yeah. And so talk to me a little around then um, leadership and around... You know, I suppose what we've seen, what you've witnessed in leadership um, throughout your career and kind of now what you're seeing now and the type of leader who you are, the type of leadership qualities you bring. Okay, I think I bring the same leadership qualities from the businesses that I've run before Mm -hmm. to running a law firm and that is don't get your staff to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. Yes. I mean, when I had a ladies-only health club, I did everything. I cleaned the toilets, I cleaned the showers, I washed the linen, um, I jumped behind reception, I was a personal trainer, I did everything. Mm. And I don't ask of my staff in my law firm to do anything that I wouldn't do. So I'm not always giving them you know, the menial things. I want to teach them. Yes. I'm trying to empower my young lawyer to be a great lawyer and then she can then go on and be a great leader. Mm-hmm. So I think giving her all those skills, not making me coffee, not doing the photocopying and the scanning, mm-hmm. but actually doing that really deep law work mm-hmm. and the client work. Mm-hmm. I can sit back and I'll do some of the, the menial things just so she gets a chance of learning deep law mm-hmm. and how to look after a client. 
and I'm hoping one day she wants to take over because I'm getting I'm getting older. Um, but that's my leadership style is mm-hmm. really really working with empowering her to do whatever she wants to do and be great at it. Yes, and that's that. You know that extending trust uh, to others and being willing to um, extend trust and watching them grow and 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 realize their potential coming up behind us as we're stepping up or stepping out at some point, um, whatever. Um, but certainly if we haven't built the capability of those coming up um, behind us, then we can get a bit stuck because you're the only person that can do everything. Absolutely. I mean, what's the point? Otherwise it will be just me doing everything. Mm-hmm. I want her to be able to do exactly what I can do and I I will do anything that I can to promote that for her. Um, She's come from a law firm where she had a lack of confidence Mm -hmm. and she said to me on numerous occasions how much she has learnt the fact that she loves the way I supervise her work but I don't sort of be over her shoulder. Yes, yes. But I empower her to do great work mm. and she really appreciates that. Yeah, it's that balance. Someone um, uh, last week at Queensland Law Society, one of the participants asked me, because we were talking about this topic and they said, yeah, but like from a risk point of view, I need to supervise and I need to do this. And uh, I said, well, I definitely think you can do both. You know, you can be there and you can supervise and you can um, fulfill that kind of duty uh, and be the coach, but you can also clear the path for them and uh, allow them to, you know, learn and make some mistakes and do things their own way. And, like, they're not mutually exclusive. We're not sort of abandoning people, um, but we're not micromanaging and or doing that either. And not being so harsh when someone makes a mistake because we yeah. all make mistakes and I still make a mistake here and there and I can't expect someone you know to not make a mistake but it's the way you react to that mistake mm-hmm. and it's the way you let them take ownership of that mistake mm-hmm. and let them resolve it absolutely and i think you know in my job i'm always making mistakes there's always a, something happens at least once a week that i go oh that probably wasn't the right thing to say there or Maybe you went too far with this or, you know, whatever, if I'm facilitating something or you know, there's always moments that at the end of the day I'm like, okay, maybe you could have handled that question differently or, or better. Um, but, hey, that's it. Um, and I figure if we're not having some of those moments, then we're not pushing ourselves and we're not learning. Absolutely. Let them ring the client. Let them solve it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not always going to be there. Yes. Do you have um, or have you experienced um, any sort of issue with uh, clients kind of wanting you to be the person that's contacting them? And, and, and how do you kind of set that up from, I guess, you being the principal or the, the owner and then, you know, growing a team as well? behind you and, and them having that client interaction? How do you kind of manage that? That's been a little bit hard because mm-hmm. I have been mainly the face. Yes. 
of the business, so clients, you know, do want to see me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've just done a branding shoot mm-hmm. where it's both of us. Yes. So now is the time to show that I am a team. Mm. and I'm not available to see every single client, but I am there to oversee mm-hmm. every single client. So I think once I started promoting my team, it's made it a little bit easier. Um, yes, yeah, certainly. And, you know, that's the case with uh, smaller firms, but also, you know, teams within larger firms where um, I think some of that, uh, you know those client relationships need to be managed and expectations around that and and promoting that that team approach I guess to the work it is promoting the team it's not just me yeah and um, I wasn't as good at it in the beginning but I'm getting better at promoting and my team because I've, I've I now have the trust behind mm. my my lawyer that works with me I've got that trust I know that any client that I give to her, she'll look after them. Yeah. And I think as a leader, if you are if you are micromanaging, if there's a whole lot of fear around, um, you know, extending duties or delegating or any of that kind of stuff, then I think it's worth asking a deeper question. You know, do you trust the people who you've hired? Um, where do you see them in the next year or two years? And, yeah, are there some flags there? And if there are some flags, then maybe we should deal with that. I think so. Those red flags that I saw, mm-hmm. I should have taken notice of it quicker. Mm-hmm. And um, I've really learned from that. If I don't trust giving a valuable client to someone that works for me, then that person shouldn't work for me. Yeah, that's a great message, great takeaway. All right, Adele, so we've spoken around the law and around leadership and business. Um, Time to talk about love. And uh, I'm on a a mission at the moment to find big love. Adele's face is looking very scary and very scared at me. She knows I'm about to ask her for dating advice. What have you got for me, Adele, around finding love? I'm probably the last person (laughs) that you should be asking. I have two disastrous ex-relationships, ex-spouses, didn't pick wisely. First 10 years... Were there red flags there too, Adele? Oh, there was red flags. Red flags in the first, red in the second. But I don't know, you know, I'm a bit of a rebel, a gypsy, and Mm -hmm. I don't know, I pick people... That are a bit edgy. edgy. I was gonna say, yeah, you're doing bit that edgy, thing of edgy, bit edgy, bit not not bad, but yeah, edgy. naughty, naughty, yeah, yeah. naughty, yeah, yeah and bad boys, yeah. You got a type, a little bit bad, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm not sure I'm the person to ask about that, but I have learnt from those two relationships. I know now what I do and what I don't want. Mm-hmm. So my poor Matthew, who is my <laughs> Third, and we're not married yet or anything like that. We've been together seven years, and I inherited two stepdaughters along the way. Yes, but I pretty much don't put up with anything now. Yes, yeah. it's, it's I want to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So that takes a special man to be able to just put up with me, let me be me, let me do what I want to do. For instance, opening up my business. He's like, yes. go and do it. Go yes. and do it. 
you know, and in the beginning when, you know, I was only seeing a few clients, you know, there wasn't that much money coming in. But so he was the main breadwinner. It was like, mm-hmm. go and do it. Do yes. it your way. I'll leave you alone. But then he's there if I need him as well. Of course, yeah. So he's a little bit naughty too, but yep. different sort of naughty. Yes. So, yeah, there's lots of challenges every day, but he loves me unconditionally, which is not what I had in the first two relationships. It was mm-hmm. I had to be on their terms. And if if they didn't like what I was doing, then I knew about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Matthew, he just... Let's me do whatever, and yeah, I'm fiery, but he can he can put up with that. I mean, yesterday I told him <laughs> get out of the car because <laughs> I just didn't want to listen to what he had to say, and he was like, okay, I'll get out. <laughs> and I'm like, are you being stupid now? Um, yeah, so yes. I think it's not settling. Yes, and someone that like is accepting all of you and who you are, all of you. Yeah, because I've had, I remember there was one fellow I dated very briefly, like for, I don't know, six or eight weeks on the Gold Coast here. And uh, I won't say his name because you'll probably know him and lots of people do know him on the coast. And, um, yeah, and as soon as we went out, we had like one event, like a dinner, a birthday dinner, where he kind of met some friends. It was the first time that he'd met some friends. And, yeah, my girlfriends were like, who are you with him? Like, Midget just disappeared. Like, I was like this different person. They said it was so weird to watch. And then when we were at the island and the band started playing, and, of course, you know, I'm a dance, like, I love to dance. Uh, Adele came to see dancing CEOs as well. Like, I love to dance. And so, of course, I got up on the dance floor with a couple of my girlfriends and, like, started dancing. He turned his chair around away from the dance floor so he didn't have to watch because he was so embarrassed. And, yeah, and I was like, and that's when it kind of, that dawned on me that I was, or like I'd pretended to be someone around him, you know, someone sort of different. And I get that there's a honeymoon period with relationships. You know, I can't go in and let it all hang out all at once. You know, otherwise, whoa, that's a lot for someone to take. So I need to ease them in a bit. But that kind of stuff, I was like, oh, no. You know, like if we're out somewhere and there's music, I'm probably going to dance. And if that's really embarrassing for you, then no. No, no. That's a no. It's a, it's a no. Don't settle. I'm completely different now than what I was in the last two relationships. Yes. Completely different. There was like, I felt like I was controlled in them and now I, I'm just free to be mm. me and that's not always fantastic. Yeah. But I've got my confidence back because I lost a lot of that confidence in, with those two mm-hmm. men mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm regaining it and I, I feel sorry for some young girls that I see in relationships where they are controlled. and Yeah. And it's a huge issue. It's a huge issue. And so I think if I can prevent someone from not settling just because mm. they think this is a great guy, hot looking. Um, yep, this, looks, this and this. Yep. Looks aren't everything. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they help. But you need to find someone that loves you and lets you be you, mm. warts and all. 
And I think that's a good point around, you know, how that person makes you feel. You know, so, yeah, is there that, that confidence piece in yourself? Um, and certainly I've been single for a long time now and, you know, basically do what I want to do, when I want to do it, go out, travel for work a lot, whatever. So, yeah, someone's going to have to embrace that about me. They definitely are. I mean, <laughs> after my two relationships went sour, I think Matthew had a lot to put up with because okay. I was not going to settle. I was not going to put up with anything yes. um, that I didn't feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be free to express myself, Yes, say what I want to say. Yep. If you don't like it, too bad. I wasn't allowed to do that. Yeah, in the last two relationships because there was a bit of that punishment, I suppose. Yeah. Don't speak out, um, but now I speak out. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than, and I had this feeling in my own house, there's nothing worse than, I don't know, even within your own house or your own space when you can't be yourself and you're just like dimming it down or you're and you're always on edge about, you know, what to say or it's, it's just, uh, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. I was always on edge. Mm-hmm. I remember with my second relationship, I couldn't even sit down and say watch TV, have a have a drink and a bicky mm-hmm. if I knew he was on his way home. Yes. I had to be doing something. Yes. If he walked in and I was just sitting down, that wasn't good. That wasn't, yeah. No. I'm going to cut it. So with Matthew, I can just do what I want. I don't, doesn't matter if he's yes. coming home from work. Yeah. He doesn't say a thing. Absolutely. And I think it's um it's certainly as you said now with you know with hearing a lot around that that control issues um in relationships and things like that particularly with women um and so finding someone where you're in that comfortable space that you feel like yourself and you're confident and can be you. Absolutely. Yeah, the first two, and I'm not ashamed to say it, you know, domestic violence, mm-hmm. physical, the yes. first one, emotional. You come out with not a lot left, mm. but you've got two choices, go up or go down, and I chose to go up mm-hmm. because I had kids to look after. Absolutely. So... You, you have to make that choice, I think. And women are strong and resilient and, you know, I did it. Absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah, I see that as well, you know, having my three kids and they're, they're with me most of the time. And, yeah, so I'm very conscious of, um, yeah, who who could come into our life and be a part of our life. And, you know, I've sort of dated for seven years you know, the kids have never met anyone that I've dated or there's, it's never, there's never been anyone that I'm like, yeah, this is a person that I could introduce to our family and be a part of that. But um, I figure one day I'll feel that. You know, I'll feel that way about someone that I go, yeah, there's, there's safety in here and there's this and... You'll know. Come and meet the crazy circus that is the fishes, you know. <laughs> You'll know when- the right person comes along. <laughs> yeah, and it is, and you know, with my kids, it's like it's kind of, you know, obviously I want to spend my own time with the partner, and that's really important. 
But also there's going to be times where, like, it's the four of us and the cavoodle, like everyone is is yes. here. Um, and you got to take that. And Absolutely. the kids are are the biggest part of my life and always will be. And kids kids are there for mom. life. Yep. Always. Don't I know it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Okay, I'm taking that advice with me. Stay tuned, Adele. You'll know whenever I find someone. You'll know about it. Absolutely. Um, it's been a delight to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for our conversation today. You know, um, we end our our podcast with a message from the universe, which are these little pop-up cards. Um, we have Carpe Diem or Trust Your Crazy Ideas. It'll be Trust Your Crazy Ideas. Crazy Ideas. Me. All right. Right. We don't have too many left, but that's okay. Choose one of those and pop it open at the front, Adele. Pop it open at yeah, the front. Yeah. So yep. So if you turn it around, you're just like, there's a little, like you like you flip it. Yep. And yeah, there we go. Very good. And you're going to have to read it for me because I don't oh, have my glasses on. Jay, we might need you in a moment in the podcast studio. Oh, no, I can read this one. I know the quote. Um, act as if it were impossible to fail. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm doing. Yeah, you absolutely are. Absolutely are. And um, I just love, I've loved being, a, being able to watch, you know, your journey. Um, you know, obviously we get connected on socials and uh, we're friends. We also have some mutual friends as well. And I feel like we're part of a great supportive business community absolutely and I, I spoke to you before I even decided I was yep. still in Victoria and I reached out to you to find out what should I do should I open up my own business or mm -hmm. keep working as a lawyer yes and yeah here I am it's it's so great and you know I think it's so wonderful to see um, yeah people using their magic having passion about their businesses and I love it, like every night scrolling through and taking a look at friends and colleagues and what they're doing in business. So Adele, where can people find you? A little bit about exactly what the firm does service-wise and also best sort of points of contact for you. All right, so we look after your wills, powers of attorney, uh, family trusts, estate planning holistically. Mm -hmm. um, you can find me at Your Legacy Lawyer, uh, which is www.yourlegacylawyer.com.au. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, so you can find me. I'm quite prolific on social media. Mm -hmm. That's my main um, form of marketing, I suppose, is what you could call it. More like building connections mm. with people. Um, so, yeah, if you need a will or a power of attorney, I can help. Lovely. Thank you so much, Adele. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this week's episode. I hope you have a fantastic week. I'm Midja, and thank God it's Monday. We trust you enjoyed this episode of the Mondays with Midja podcast. Host Midja Fisher is a leadership expert, keynote speaker, coach and facilitator. To find out more about Midja, visit midja.com.au or follow her on Instagram, Midja Fisher. And make sure you subscribe, share and leave a review.